Hey, Moving Forward listeners, I'd like to take a quick minute to tell you about my new books. If you've been following the podcast, you'll know that I helped bring my dad's business into the 21st century with Poshmark. I've documented everything we've done so you can start a business right from your closet or expand an existing business with an effective e-commerce solution, even if you don't have a large marketing budget or social media following. The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses is now available in paperback and for Kindle. You can also find the Poshmark Journal for Individuals and Small Businesses with worksheets to help you manage your inventory and negotiate effectively and confidently on the platform. Both titles are available on Amazon, where you can find quick access links at bemovingforward.com or in my link tree, which is in the show notes for today's episode. Start learning and moving forward today. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 355. The write-up for last week's episode 354 is available on the website. So can't believe how fast these weeks are going by. We're already in the middle of September. Hope everyone had a good week. And last week, I talked a lot about uh, the bulk features, the uh, bulk edit listings, as well as raising or lowering in the prices. And I spent some time doing an analysis of my friend Izzy and her sister-in-law Rose's uh, boutique. They opened up on Poshmark. You can follow them at Izzy and Rose if you happen to be on the platform. And uh, I predicted by the time the episode aired that they would have hit 1,000 followers. Well, I can give you an update. Not only did they hit 1,000 followers, they surpassed that. And the following day, Friday, so a week and a day after they opened, they closed their first sale on the platform. And in fact, the next day on Saturday, they closed two more sales. So big congrats to both of them. They're doing an incredible job. And they're proof positive that if you put in the work, put in the time into your branding, creating robust listings, and just being participative and engaged in the Poshmark community, that it will pay off. And I'm really excited for them. Since then, they, they've they grown their store uh, quite a bit in terms of followers and listings. And I have no doubt that uh, more sales will be coming in. So uh, if you're on the platform, I do encourage you to follow them at Izzy and Rose. I'll have it linked in this week's write-up. All right. On today's episode, I wanted to cover some secret or hidden hacks on Poshmark. Now, these are based on some recent updates, as well as things that I've just kind of discovered. And I'm always discovering something new on the platform. So these are uh, features that you may find very helpful. And let's start with one that is technically not part of the bulk family, as I call it. So uh, the bulk listing actions, which we've covered over the past two weeks, we we talked about sharing. We talked about running a sale with a uh, shipping discount for 24 hours to your likers. And we also talked about editing your prices either up or down. Now, this one technically is not part of the bulk family, but it is a bulk action. It's just a little bit hidden. So let's go back to Izzy and Rose. So they closed a sale on Friday and then two more on Saturday. So that means that they had to take more than one package to the post office to ship out. And in the old days... And I mean, in like 2018, when we ran a Black Friday sale, we had a number of items to take to the post office. What we would have to do is once we ship them out, we'd go back in the app, open up each one in our sales queue and confirm that we shipped it. Now, if you're just confirming one item, 
you basically have to check off three boxes that you printed out the shipping label, that you put it on the package, and that you dropped it off at the uh, post office. Once you check off those three boxes, you can confirm that you shipped out the package. Well, if you have multiple items, essentially in the old days, you had to do this with each package. With each item that you shipped out, you'd open up in your uh, sales queue, open up the item, check off the three boxes, and then confirm that you shipped it. Now, what you can do is if you are shipping out more than one item, you can go into your sales queue, and that's under My Sales. There's an Actions button at the top left, and you have two options. You can either download all the shipping labels. Let's say you need an extra shipping label. It didn't come through your email or what whatnot. You can actually download those off of the, uh, the app directly, or you can mark all of your orders as shipped. So that's really great. That's a time saver. So if let's say you're shipping out two, three, or 10 items, and then you, you don't want to spend uh, all that time going through each item in your sales queue, you can just go to My Sales Actions, and then you can mark all of them as uh, shipped at the same time. So that could be a time saver. Again, I consider it a hidden bulk action for doing that. All right, let's talk about the, uh, speaking of confirming your shipments, I've talked about this in the past, how generally speaking, when I take those packages to the post office, I like to get them scanned. And uh, you can do this by standing in line at the post office and then going up to the counter. You can ask the person at the counter to scan your package. You can get a receipt that way. Also, or alternatively, a lot of post offices will have a self-service kiosk. So you can go up there and you can scan the labels. And then if you wanted to drop it off at the counter, let's say it's a long line, you don't want to wait in line, you just want to drop it off, you can do that. Or if there's a tumbler, you can open up the tumbler, drop in the package, and then uh, just uh, be on your way. So this can be a time saver. And the reason why I recommend you get the label scanned before you drop it off, even if you're dropping it off at the counter, is because when you confirm it on the app, it'll change from sold to pending shipment scan. And it can take up to a couple of hours, as much as a day or two for that to change to shipped from pending shipment scan to shipped. Now, most post offices, when you drop off the package, I have found for the most part, they scan the package at some point before they send it off to the distribution center. However, sometimes I have found that the package will not actually be scanned until it reaches a distribution center. And that might be one or two days uh, after you've dropped it off. So I've seen occasions where that status hasn't changed in a couple of days because of that. And one of the reasons why I recommend you scan the, the label either while you're after you're waiting in line uh, to get to the front or at the kiosk is because this will ensure that the status will change a lot quicker to shipped from pending shipment scan. And this actually will impact your shipping average. You want your shipping average to be really, really short. I recommend send out those packages same or next day. And this will help your average keeping that uh, shipping time you know, low. And that's what you want. You want it to be low. Uh, And if you plan on, uh, you know, becoming a Poshmark ambassador, you have to have it, you know, three days or or better. I I recommend get it in under one day. And one of the ways you can help ensure that is by making sure that those packages are scanned as you're dropping them off. Now, getting back to the kiosk, if you have, let's say, a large package where you have several packages, 
it can be a little bit awkward because the scanner is located on the lower part of the kiosk. You basically have to hold the box's label up to it, and there's an infrared light that'll scan the barcode on the label. And you have to do this with each one. If it's just one, it doesn't take very long, but if you have a number of packages, it can be a, it can be a little bit cumbersome. So if you're in a hurry, what I recommend, here's a hack that I've discovered actually works. You could take a photo of the label and hold that up to the actual scanner, and that'll work just as well. If you have a clear picture of the barcode from the label, as long as it's the, it has the full barcode, it'll actually work just as well. So you can hold that up and then drop off the packages or drop them off into the tumbler. So that may save you a lot of time if it's a, a big package or if you have a number of packages to drop off and you want to shave off a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes. All right, the next hack I want to talk about is with listings themselves. Now, this is a relatively new feature, I think added within the last two or three quarters, uh, certainly within the last year. Now, it used to be that when you created a listing, you had two status options. One was for, for sale. The other was not for sale. Now, for sale is simply a live listing, a listing that you, you've put up uh, as soon as you activate it as for sale someone can buy it or make an offer on it based off of the price that you set. Not for sale means that the person can see the listing, but they can't purchase it. And oftentimes you may use not for sale for administrative posts or uh, uh, advertisements of upcoming uh, events or sales or things like that. We use not for sale, as I've talked about on the mini series, for those times where we sell the item in store and we need to take the listing down off of Poshmark Rather than delete the listing, we change the status to not for sale and update the header and the description to indicate that it was sold in store. And this can act as additional marketing for your store. Even though that listing is no longer active, people who visit our store can see that we've sold this particular item. And often we'll get inquiries about whether or not we'll get more of that. So it can be a real uh, market driver or it can be uh, a way to gather additional market interest information about a particular listing. Poshmark has recently added a third option called Drops. This is pretty cool. We haven't used it yet, but I could definitely see us using this in the future. And for those of you who are setting up your store, this might be an option to use if you have a listing that you plan on putting up, let's say in the coming weeks or months, Maybe it's for an upcoming event or holiday, but you don't want it to go active right away. So what Drops does is it allows you to create the listing and set a month, date, and time for it to go active. In other words, people can see the listing, but they can't purchase or make a bid on it until the activation time, which is set by a month, date, and time. So you can essentially create a preview listing or a preview of a listing using drops. So that's a relatively new feature and I'm seeing more and more Poshmark sellers use that one. So that might be something that you can use. And again, it's a great way to generate early buzz or excitement on a particular listing that you're going to add or uh, uh, that might be on your rotation coming up. All right. Let's talk a little bit about stories. Uh, I've talked about stories on a prior episode, but I think it's worth going over some additional details about them. Now, stories are essentially very similar to what you see on Instagram or Facebook. You can create a 24-hour post. And on Poshmark, 
Stories can be a great marketing tool. And essentially, stories work off of video. You can create up to 15-second videos that you can upload directly into stories if you want. And this might be a good way to advertise your store, uh, drive engagement with your store, or just additional awareness. Uh, As I've also talked about with video, if you add video to a listing, which I always encourage people to do. In fact, it's one of the things I encouraged Izzy and Rose to do early on is to make use of video because not everyone is using video yet. And I think it's one of the ways that you can really stand out. You can create a short video. It can be three seconds, five seconds, anything up to 15 seconds. And I have a whole episode if you want to add some bells and whistles to that video, such as music or voiceover. So do check that out. That'll be in the mini series, which will be in the write-up. If you add video to a listing, that listing will automatically go into your stories, which is really cool. And there's a button where a viewer can press that'll take them directly into the listing if they want to buy it or bid on it. So that's a great use of list uh, of listing videos is that you basically get a twofer. Not only are you creating a listing with video, uh, but it's also going to add it to your stories. And I think that's a really great way of building out the marketing on a particular item that you've listed. Another thing you can do, and let's go back to creating a video and uploading it into your stories, is that you can tag specific brands. So if you're selling a a name uh, that is very popular or a brand that's very popular, you can actually create a tag for that brand or that name. So that might be something that will help drive additional engagement or interest in your particular story. Regardless, I think stories is a great feature. Stories and video, as I mentioned last week, not everyone is using those. So I think it's one of the ways that if you're a new Poshmark seller, you can really stand out by incorporating that as part of your regular routine of creating new listings and uh, driving engagement for your store. All right. The write-up for today's episode will be available at bemovingforward.com. For the most part, the write-ups are releasing on the day of the episode, so it should be out the day this episode is released. In case it's not, it may take an additional day or two, but for the most part, I'm getting them up right on time. All right, hope you have a great week. Have a great weekend, and I'll be back next week.